0: Welcome to Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis, where intelligent dissonant thought meets melodic euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nick the Saucy One Catsaurus, broadcasting to you live, as always, from the shadow of Hurricane Mountain, Tennessee. And of course, I also want to introduce my percussively proficient co host, who I will be partying with next month up in Baltimore. Mr. Odell yes, Norman. Yes. What's going on, man? <laughs> How's life in Trump's America this week? Uh, head cold.
1: <laughs> so uh, if I sound like uh, Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, don't mind me. I just got a pretty bad head cold right now.
0: Well, I think that'll add some flavor to the podcast. <laughs> Are you going to order a pizza during this podcast? Hey. Like Spicoli. Hey, isn't this,
1: this – is, this is our time, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Does that make me miss your hand? That's it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm comfortable in that role. Um. Anyways, the person who makes <laughs> us sound pretty, maybe um, D is Mr. Hand. D, the producer. Are you Mr. Hand? Right. I
2: I don't know. I've never seen that let's, movie.
0: Let's be gender fluid. What? That's right. I've never seen any movie made um like before 2005.
2: I have too. I've seen Ferris Bueller's oh Day Goodness. Off. Doesn't that count for something? That's the cult classic. And you, what
1: gotta see, you got to You got That's your homework. That is your homework <laughs> for this movie is to watch Fast Times at Ridgemont High.
0: And we have it on <laughs> DVD. You I know. don't know how many movies I showed her when we started dating. And just what you did, I've done that probably about 200 times in our relationship. <laughs> what? You've what? You've never heard of this band? What? you never heard of this movie? Yeah. Well,
2: <laughs> I, I had a very sheltered childhood. And I was never in control of the remote. I'm still not in control of the remote at least 60% of the time. But well, I'm
0: just trying to make you feel nostalgic for the good old days.
2: Yeah, now yeah, I have go. Hulu and I have it on my phone. So, you know, it's all good. Yeah,
0: she opted out of the whole um, us watching TV together thing. She just sits there with her headphones and watches Hulu. On Sometimes. Only
2: uh, if it's too much. I
1: know
0: how that is. If it's too much politics, I'm like, nope. And it's usually always <laughs> yeah. too much politics. All right. Speaking of too much politics, um, why don't you give us the rundown, D? Oh, and let me kind of preference this. I know that you guys are used to us personally because we have a couple um, new podcasts. Well, we have a couple other podcasts and a new vodcast on our site. And I know we usually nice. run eight to 10, um, podcasts a month, you know, between funny thing about politics, this show, kettle of fish and drunken trivia. Next yep. couple months. We're only gonna be probably doing about four to six podcasts because we've got April's party, Easter, yeah. we're going Look away out. for Thanks. spring break. Yeah, the okay. bluegrass breakdown, which is coming this Sunday, of course. Saturday that's why Saturday, sorry, but that's why we're not doing a show Sunday this Saturday, which is Dee's baby. Yes. All right.
2: I've basically been spending four months uh planning one day. And it's not even the whole day. There you go. <laughs> you know, I'm like I don't know. I, I, it's you know, like I recess
0: uh, recess fest, except without the drugs and violent security guards. Yeah.
2: yeah. It, it would be and you know, it would be a hundred times better if I could get some booze up in that place, but I'm not allowed, so what are you
0: gonna do? Oh shit. That's kind of a deal breaker. You didn't tell me there wasn't Ooh. booze in there. <laughs> what? No. I used to get no. You could know, <laughs> saw me live on the air no, like four, four live days there I know, right. Now I'm like um, orally <laughs> contracted to show up. But
2: we do have a lot of really cool things coming up anyway, even though we're not going to be on the air quite so much. um. So next is the 22nd of this month. We are going to have the Political Animals of Pride episode. 26. 26, sorry. Which will include tonight's guest, Buick Audra, along with anti-racist activist Dixon White. And Ooh. co-founder of the Tennessee Progressive League, George Ward, and of course us. And because everybody's in Tennessee, we're going to be talking about politics and what it means to be in Tennessee and not out of your mind. Um, then Brian <laughs> will be
0: there with us too. Yes,
2: Brian will be there. That'll be cool.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
2: And then we are going to have John Lear on very soon. He is coming on our 51st episode of Kettlefish to Fish to tell us all about what it's like to turn 51. Um, and <laughs> we're going to have our buddy Paul Goebel back. Uh, we are finally, for sure, for sure, going to have Fiona Durif, a.k.a. Bart Kurlish from Dirk Gentley's uh, Holistic Detective Agency. i say it five times fast and uh <laughs> we're also having reformed horrors on next month uh just a couple of weeks before week or two before the giant gomez shindig to end all shindigs um,
1: let so, me just yeah. tell you the stuff that a uh, lo- that i've just sort of seen just a little bit of the tidbits it's going to be insane so it's, yeah uh, you live
0: near I abel mean,
1: so you got it's, the inside track
2: right and I'm telling yeah, you, I'm she, so excited. She hasn't said anything. Well,
1: cause you know, <laughs> she I've. She hasn't. Go ahead. Oh, no, she hasn't. Oh, sorry. She hasn't <laughs> said too much, but uh, just some of the things that I've seen already, just a little bit of things that she's shown right. me. I'm like, oh, OK.
0: This well, and you made cool. the things this you've seen real. from hiding in the bushes with your binoculars because right? you must know. me
1: and Me and President Obama.
0: Yeah, you're
3: exactly.
1: Are you wired happy,
0: to
3: the
1: Gomez house?
2: Well, you know, this I, I got, is my I got, first. I got tossed in the microwave. Right? Yeah. No, this is my first Gomez party, so I am so psyched. I can barely stand it. Like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just so fun. excited because I know the the depth to which April plans things, and the extravagant, awesome, amazing, crazy, fabulousness of a Gomez party uh precedes the party like i i've heard the stories and now i I get to
0: oh yeah there. eight years and you finally get to experience <laughs> yes one. i can't like, believe well oh. the crazy
1: thing is is that you know the crazy thing with with april is is that she's throwing this party for pretty much for everybody else right to celebrate her birthday
2: yeah. <laughs> you see yeah, what i'm saying
1: but that's, well, that's how that's you know that's, that's april.
0: but yeah, yeah.
2: No, no gift yep. required. Oh, so with a gift,
0: you're going to feel pretty guilty.
2: No, no gift required. She says so.
0: <laughs> well, my gift is Reformed Whores. That's true. So
2: Our gift is Reformed horse. Our yeah. gift.
0: Excuse me. That's right. Um, hey, we need to jump in. We only got a few minutes here, and I want to hit this article, this really cool article that Odell sent me, which is 170 Beastie Boy References Explained. Yeah, isn't that cool, man? How cool is that? Well, look, I'm scrolling through all these, and here's the first thing that comes to mind. So here's a band that's been together 30-plus years, easily. I remember yeah. this guy, uh, Mark Blackwell, brought in their album. This is on vinyl back in ninth grade. So this had to be like 87, I think, something like yeah. 87. Yeah, I think, I think
1: this is their 30th anniversary of a uh, License to Help. Yeah, yeah, uh, so
0: it was 87. Yeah. So 87, yeah. Mark comes in, he's like, look, Look at these rappers. They, these, these are white boys rapping. And everybody was gathered around. He opened up the record cover because those albums, they would open up and there would be the big Beastie Boys jet. And he opened it up and then it had pictures of them like when they're Kango hats and everything. And we, everybody <laughs> was just like – it was like we were seeing land for the first time on like a 20-week pilgrimage. Like people were just yeah. amazed that this yeah. was actually a thing. And I just remember that feeling. And of course I had to go out and get licensed still shortly afterwards. And I just remember the feeling of when Mark first showed us that record and we knew something was changing in music.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I remember, um, I was in, um, I think like six, six or seventh grade. And yeah, I don't know if you remember that place called macro. I think it, it was sort of like what Sam's club is now and Costco and those type of places. Vaguely. So we, um, yeah, it was over by the Capital Center on the other side of the road. And um, me and my mom went, and um, I picked up that tape. And you remember back in the day when they put the tapes in, they had this like plastic thing Big that you needed giant like a crow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you that. needed, a, you, yeah, you needed a crowbar to get the tape out. So you had a it better was chance like of
0: stealing the fucking Hope Diamond than stealing a exactly. ninety-nine like Halloween discount tape from Tower Records. <laughs> <laughs> so we were in there and they had they had
1: that tape. So my mom was like, "Yeah, you can uh, go ahead and get it," um, but she was like, "Wait till we get home to open it." So she like we left the store and we had to go to another store. So I'm sitting in the car by myself. I had the keys. So I was listening to the radio. So of course, me and my seventh grade uh, intellect, I decided like, "Huh, maybe I can take my mom's key and just pry it out and start listening to it now." And I broke her damn key, man. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you talking about po So, of course, she took the tape away from me. My dad had to come all the way up to Landover to pick us up and bring a key, extra key. So I, I didn't even get the list to listen to the tape though, for like three or four months after that.
0: <laughs> that's a little bit on her because telling like uh, how old were you at the time? Uh, 11, like
1: 12, 11, 12. 12. Yeah.
0: Telling a 12 year old not to open some new music is like putting a dog on a chain. That's not right. quite long enough to reach a juicy steak. And you're just exactly. sitting there salve it like that. <laughs> that had to end bad. There was no way that situation was ending good. <laughs> My God. All right. So yep. let me hit this real quick. So there's 170 of these references and, and I'm scrolling through and I'm like, man, dude, like just, all the references on there from my childhood, just TV shows yeah. and and grocery items and stuff like that. And I'm like, do you think this is for a band that's been around thirty plus years, probably close to thirty five? Um yeah. thirty five years. Do you think this is a normal amount of references, especially for a hip hop group? Because uh, I know, like hip hop groups, they use a lot of adjectives, they use a lot of references. I mean, mm-hmm. would M and M's list be this long? Do you think? I don't or know if it would rocks. be this long. I,
1: I know they use a lot of, you know, they definitely use a lot of uh, Detroit references in, in their music, but the Beastie Boys just, it, everything they ended with was an ode to something, to somewhere in New York or or or, or something, like you said, something on TV or some little TV show. I mean, to the point I was reading, they had a, like the newscast, you know, the newscast that they yep. uh, watched, you know, and then they had an ode to that, so. I know in New York at that time, um, you know, they they were definitely represented, like Run DMC and all those guys that were from New York, because that's where, I mean, hip-hop was born. They definitely paid homage, but they took it to a whole other level. And then some of them, it's just like, I, you know, you you rap the lyrics, and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm just, you know, singing along, and all of a you read it. Like, oh, that's where that came from. Oh, my gosh, that's where that came from. And then it makes you go back and start listening to the, uh, like, I pulled out Paul's Boutique, and
0: and, um, nice. And, like, just, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. And just started listening to that stuff. Like, ah, oh, okay, okay.
0: Well, so. that's just like Wesley Willis. Like, the end of every song is like Folgers, good to the last drop. Like, he throws some yeah. weird commercial reference in, and my kids yep. just, like bust out laughing when they hear that. And they're like, what? I don't, what is this, dad? I don't understand. And I'm like, oh, you're not supposed to understand. It's brilliant. But let me ask you this then. So, do you think the average person – like you said you were rapping the lyrics and didn't even know what it was. Do you think the average kid listening to Beastie Boys and hears like Otis the Drunk, which of course is from Andy Griffith, or Brim Coffee, um, do you think they care what Brim Coffee is or where, you know, Albee Square Mall is? Like were you the kind of person to hear a reference in a song or even a word you weren't familiar with and go look it up? Um were you the Every kind night, of person yeah. to go look that up as a kid, or were you just, like you said, rapping it and not even know what you were saying?
1: Well, some of it, I think I did, I started doing it more um, when I started listening to uh, punk rock. That's when I started list, uh, a lot of the the bands. I started going back and...
0: You kind of you know, had to with Bad Religion, right? I needed a fucking yeah. dictionary and a thesaurus when I got the new Bad yeah. Religion album.
1: Yeah, Bad Religion, um, uh, Fugazi, bands like that, yeah. I was always like, what are they referencing? What are they referencing? And and go back and listen to what they are. Uh,
0: Propaganda? Yeah. That's another yep. big
1: one. Yep. Nirvana was the same way. If you actually go back and read kirk Cobain's lyrics, there's a lot. I mean, he talks about everything from, you know, growing up in, you know, Seattle and then referencing different things that influenced him and the reason why he did what he did. Just little Well, you would have to go back him. and
0: look at his lyrics because you're not understanding a fucking word that guy's saying. Yeah. <laughs> so you definitely gotta do that okay well you think most people um hear like otis the drunk and they're like i wonder what that is or do you think that kind of escapes the average listener who may not have a critical eye for this stuff like we do
1: um well i think for a lot i think the one thing about the beastie boys is uh they related to a lot of people so i think if and the the beautiful thing about it they're not i mean unfortunately you know things happen but um. You know, I I still hear a lot of kids today listening to Beastie Boys. Like, I can pull up and there's a car and young kids listening to it. So accessibility of finding out what it is is so easy now. I I would like to think that they are going back and and looking it up, but I I have no clue um, as far as. And they've got the
0: Google machine. If anybody should be looking it up, it should be them. All right, well, let's end on that note. Very cool article. I will stick it up on our Musical Osmosis Facebook page because tonight we have got the singer and guitarist of Friendship Commanders, a band that I, of course, I say this every week when we have a new band on because, you know, the other day we had um Larry Daryl and Daryl on Kettle of Fish from New Heart. And Tony had written me a really nice email, and he's like, wow, man, if I had any self-esteem issues before I came on his show, I certainly don't have them now. Thank you so much for all (laughs) the kind words. And I don't want it to sound like I'm blowing smoke up people's asses or something. What I think what people don't know behind the scenes is I have the luxury of doing my own booking. So it's not like I'm having guests thrown at me and I got to go, oh, let me look this guy up. Let me find something. Like I'm only going out and seeking guests that I have an honest interest in. And I think that's why our shows are so engaging because I actually give a damn. I'm not just like having the next random guy or girl thrown in front of me as like, hey, here's like some spreadsheet on them. Yeah, um, like get to, to push it. a product or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to move yeah. units here. I'm trying to like. That's it. You know, entertain people, engage people, open up people's minds, especially when we do the more political shows, and really get people, try to change some perspectives and get people to look outside of these little crippling boxes we live in. Anyways, Mm -hmm. did I get off track? Um, Friendship commanders, (laughs) lead singer, and activist, and guitarist, and record label owner, and a billion other things, Buick Audra. Buick, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? It is going magnificent.
4: Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you on the phone.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. And happy um, Ides of March, or should I say Ides of Trump? I caught your post today.
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had to send in the lyric to Fugazi's Reclamation on the Ides of Trump. Nice. Was good. nice.
0: Yep. Well, you know, I'm, Trump's in Nashville today. I'm not going to go too political, but Trump is in Nashville today. And I oh, found it. That-
4: believe me, I know.
0: Yeah, are you going to be protesting tonight after the show? I don't know what time he might be speaking right now as we're speaking.
4: He's on stage right now. I have friends that are downtown, both outside and inside. Um, And I'm actually not there because you and I had this scheduled, and um, I didn't get the Trump notification until, like, about a week ago. So um, I didn't want to cancel with you. It meant a lot to me to speak with you, so I'm here.
0: On the phone. Oh, sweet. Uh, now, does this awesome. make you think I might be a Trump operative, and I'm just trying to stifle your voice <laughs> by getting you over on the show <laughs> while I'm also illegally wiretapping your studio?
1: And microwave, and
0: microwave.
3: Microwaves, yeah, it's it's evil. <laughs> Operation Hot Topic. That's,
1: That's it. it. I what. I've been
0: Stacy said the other
3: day.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: It's out of control. Yeah. But, um, it was funny because I read an article today and it said he was going to go visit the grave of Andrew Jackson and Andrew Jackson's one of my favorite presidents. And I was like, of course he is. He's the only president who got away with defying the Supreme Court and then like running <laughs> off and going on a fucking kill crazy rampage and slaughtering a bunch of Native Americans. I, that totally makes sense. And I was like, <laughs> and it's just a little bit odd to me. Like, And like I said, I'm beating back the urge to wax totally political because I know you're going to be on our political animals of pride show we're doing at the end of this month. But like being in Nashville, especially being in the South and I, you know, I'm in Knoxville, so I'm definitely in the same boat. Right. This this has to be heated 24 seven with these politics.
4: It's insane right now. I mean, there's the national legislation that's coming at us on an hourly basis, and then there's the state stuff, which is completely out of control. As I'm sure you know, you live in the same state. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been down at the state capitol. I mean, last week I was down there four times in 48 hours on behalf of people's rights. I mean, I spoke with a state representative. I spoke at the International Women's Day rally. I was wow. there for the Moral Mondays protest. Yeah, and there are a lot. I, I mean, everybody's definitely
0: hearing. a lot busier. I mean, Congress is busier. Washington's busier. The protesters are busier. Everybody oh, yeah. is definitely oh, yeah. a lot, a, a, opposed to eight years of just, like, conspiracy theories and everybody sitting at home, like, oh, did you hear Obama's a secret vampire who has satellites pointed at our head with x-rays, like, Now, like, really, you have two sides kind of coalescing and really like, hey, this will not stand. And honestly, I got to tell you, I'm a little embarrassed. Democracy is a lot stronger than I thought it was. Like, there was a real sense of fear and unease when Trump got sworn in. And now it's become Mm -hmm. more of a clown Mm -hmm. show. And it's become a clown show because he's being checked by the media. He's being checked by the the traditional branch. He's being checked by the intelligence community. And you know, I felt kinda of bad afterwards. I was like, Man, dude, I should have a little bit more faith in democracy. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I mean, vampire, what you just said about Obama, that sounds like the good news compared to what we're dealing with right now in this administration. I mean, vampires are colorful beings, you know. This is this is a lot of uh, legislating on people's human rights right now. It's dark. But yeah, I mean it's true. I mean the it is The judges that have blocked his orders, I mean, those people are heroes to me. The people that are actually in positions to truly resist and to truly block the progress of some of this legislation. I think it's impressive and important, and I think it's why we have the legal
0: system that we do. And, you know, like I said, it's kind of... Good on the fact that now there's conspiracies. You don't hear the Obama's a vampire conspiracy. That's replaced with everything's fake news. I don't like conspiracy. But you you don't see it amped up on that end. So I guess everything's a trade-off. But like I said, I'm pushing all this back until we talk on the 26th. Let's talk sure. about your music. I'm going to give you a little sure. background here. I'm searching through YouTube, as I often do, trying to find new bands that turn mm-hmm. me on. I run across Friendship Commanders. Of course, I become an instant fan. I booked you for the show. Um, I get to know you a little bit. I start looking into the amazing work that you've been doing with your activism. I start checking out your page, your music, your solo music. And I got to oh. tell you, man, I was a big fan <laughs> of Friendship Commanders. But now I am an even bigger fan of you when I oh, see thank you. everything you're involved in. and. Yeah. Thank you your history, like, I'm just thinking, oh, here's a band, and honestly, like, I thought you guys were all in, like, your early to mid-20s, and you were just kind of starting out, and I (laughs) dug into it, and I was like, man, this girl has a history, she is. You know, I feel like you're kind (laughs) of like me, like, you have to be in a perpetual state of, like, creative output, or you're basically, for two years, I didn't do anything creative, and you can ask Dee if she's still back there. I was literally, like, pacing the floors, picking fucking flowers off the wallpaper. I didn't it's know what fun. to do with myself if no. I wasn't being creative. Right, Dee?
2: Yeah, he's like a shark. If he slows down, yeah. he just dies. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of, yeah,
0: like that. <laughs> yeah, Are you kind of the same way, Aunt Buick? Do you have to constantly be engaged in something or you just kind of go insane?
4: I definitely do. I mean, I don't know. I'm so grateful that I'm a creative person, especially right now in this moment in our American history. I feel like having some sort of outlet for the catharsis, the good and the bad, is so essential. And honestly, the last, you know, eight weeks, I've been a little bit out of balance because I have been participating in so much activism that my music stuff has been secondary, and I don't like that. And when you emailed me the other day and you asked me if I consider myself a musician or an activist first, I was like, I froze because I, I realized how out of balance I am. You know, that the activism is so important and it's part of who I am. But really, the music has always been the thing that has saved my life and, and given voice to who I am and who I want to be. So um, I've taken this week to sort of regroup. And thank you for that. You've given me that opportunity.
0: <laughs> wow. Nice. Um, well, you know, and I was reading that you guys have a new EP coming out and you had said yes. in there, you're like, this is my voice. This record's going to be a protest in itself. And I was just wondering, like, is the activism and because of these heated times we live in and because the stakes are really high, I feel like the stakes, they're certainly higher than they've ever been in my lifetime. Do you feel like that's bleeding over more into the music? Is it just like, is it uh, eventual? It's going to have to it's inevitable. It's going to have to bleed over into the music. Are you still compartmentalizing and having the music in a different place than the activism? Or is it getting harder and harder to sort out?
4: It's definitely both. I mean, so yes, we do have an EP coming out. It went up for pre-order today because it's a vinyl 7 inch so there's a limited supply and it comes out on record store day. It's called June Bug, and it's, it's four songs and it is a protest record. Interestingly though, I mean, we wrote it and recorded it last year. So Trump hadn't even been, you know, elected when we did this EP, but it was about sort of what we saw coming down the pike and the change in the culture around us that we were witnessing down here in Tennessee, which is perhaps not something that everybody's experiencing all over the country, right? I think that here in the deep south, we're experiencing it on a, like on 11 versus like on four, um.
0: Yeah, every so, time I see a crazy new bill get proposed come across my feed, I go, please don't be Tennessee. Please don't be Tennessee. Oh, bing, okay. bing, bing, bing. It's-, it's fucking Tennessee.
1: Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. The bathroom. Yeah, it's Tennessee. Right. So so this is a work of protest. But, you know, Dave, which is our only full-length album, which came out about a year ago, um, is not a protest record. There are political which statements Which is awesome, on,
1: by the way. <laughs>
4: thanks very much. Um, it's not a political record, but in mm-hmm. a sense, it's sort of, we've always been social activists. I don't know if you noticed, but that album benefits um, an HIV and AIDS organization. So everything that we do benefits some sort of cause that we believe in and want to be a part of supporting. And we've always been like that. So we've always been social activists. Um, and now it's just, there's a little bit more of like an immediate feeling around the stuff that's right in front of us as opposed to the stuff that we've cared about long-term. Well,
0: I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to hit on that point. It it seems Mm -hmm. like, and this is what I love about you guys, you guys are very engaged with your fan base. You're very accessible. Um, You've Everything, as you said, you really put your money where your mouth is. And everything you do, there are proceeds that go to causes that you believe in. And it's almost like you don't have a fan base. You have a movement. And I just think that's an incredible thing. Is that something like you sought out to shoot for? Is it just like as this political furnace burns hotter and hotter, it's just kind of ended up where, okay, this music has now kind of encompassed more of the activism. Like you said, it's a protest record, even though I know it wasn't directly a protest to Trump at the time. Do you feel like you're moving into like movement music Mm -hmm. as far as just I'm getting on the stage and playing something?
4: It, we definitely didn't set out to do it. It has evolved organically just as as the times have, so, yeah, to answer your question, it's just sort of happened that way, and we are very mindful of being inclusive and we and have always been so um and so I think the people that are attracted to what we do, whether it's purely on a musical level or it's more of on a social political activist level, I think that people are drawn to situations where they feel invited and where they feel comfortable and where they feel heard, even if it's by a band. So, um, you know, we invite everyone to be a part of what we do. And we are, you know, we are against discrimination. We are inclusive. And I think that people are drawn to that. And we're really grateful for that solidarity. And we stand with everybody that listens to our work.
0: Well, in these dark times, I mean, I feel like there's definitely a market for it. Not that that's why you're marketing yourself as such, but I feel like that, you know, after this election cycle, and trust me, I went through some personal hell this election cycle because I was running the ignorance equation and things got really, really bad at the end. But I just feel like after this election cycle, people who were never engaged are engaged now and people who... We're kind of like, I'm just going to get on Facebook and I'm going to start some shit with some people are now like, you know what? I'm burned out. I'm burned out of seeing it. I'm burned out. Like, I just want to see positivity. I just want to see unity. I just want to see love where maybe they kind of like the Kardashian drama a year ago. And I think people, decent people at least, are starting to get burned out Mm -hmm. on that and they want something more and something more real and something more positive.
4: I agree, and I do think that people are much more involved right now than they've ever been in my lifetime. I've never had as many people in my life be engaged with what's going on in their state administration and their national administration. I mean, we've we've had the luxury of not having to be that involved for stretches of time in our life, and I think that people that mm-hmm. you know are people are waking up and wanting to surround themselves with what they believe in and and stuff that's good and positive, like you said. And well, so in that way, it's, it's an exciting time in that way. You know, anytime we're challenged to do more and and try harder for whatever reason, even if it's spawned from something negative, it's an exciting time. It means that it,
1: it, we're evolving and we're changing as a people.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll go back to it. Democracy and, is stronger than I thought it was. Go ahead, Odell.
1: No, no, no I'm just saying, you know, uh, you know, when you when you and a lot of people now are really stepping out of their comfort zone. So, you know, the. Oh, yeah. the, the, the the worries and fears of that is it's draining. It's draining every, I mean, i live, I work right outside DC. So I I work for the department of defense. So I see it, it's there every day. And it's so frustrating because there's literally people that I work with that are scared that have had jobs, you know, that they've applied for and they've been frozen or they've um, sure or things are getting cut. and And then, you know, because the cycle, you know, you have the one part where Trump is doing his thing. Well, meanwhile, all the agencies and other things, they're shifting and they're moving people and they're basically telling people, look, just take this job for right now. Just take this job for right now. And then once this goes away, pretty much is, is the word, or this dies out, then we can start doing this. But right now, you, so you have a lot of people all over that are truly affected by this because they're getting pushed into places that they don't want to go. Too, some of them are being forced to, to basically retire because they just don't want to deal mm-hmm. with it anymore. And um, yeah, it's it, inside inside the Beltway too. It's a, it's a struggle, and and when it feels like, when it feels like this man's been in office for like three years already, and it's only been two months. Has that, there
0: ever been investigations and scandals fifty days into a presidency? Incredible, not like this. This is crazy. And then the, the and then and, you know the one thing that really irked a lot of people
1: <clears throat> is that who he went after initially, you know, when you go after the intelligence community, when you go after the media, when you go after, you know, like you said, judges and, and officials and appointees that have been put there in a bipartisan way, um, those are the wrong people to mess with. <laughs> Especially, well, when it's are coming the from tactics
0: so, of fascists <laughs> though, right? Delegitimize, de- de- um, discredit, marginalize, you know, make everything about he's got the only truth and his supporters, they eat it up, man. I mean, they believe shit and they don't just believe like something constant. Like on Monday, he could be like, Paul Ryan's evil. And all his supporters be like, Paul Ryan's evil. And on Thursday, he could be like, we kiss him made up. Paul Ryan's great. Yeah, I always said he was great. Like that's yeah, we the know. scary thing is the fervent. <laughs> yeah belief system of i mean it's it's not a political movement i said a long time ago during the election cycle i said if you want donald trump to win and become president just so he can burn down the system and rebuild it in his own image you're not part of a fucking movement you're part of a cult and you know sadly it bared out these people are really kind of they don't need debated they need deprogrammed in my opinion well the sad thing about it
1: too is you know yeah yeah, the sad thing about it is is those people, those diehards, are the ones that are getting screwed. <laughs> and that's, that's the that's the the crazy thing is when they sit down at the end of the day, they're the ones that are getting raked through the cold. They're the ones that are losing and then all of a sudden they're wondering why this has been taken away or this has been changed or wait a minute, we didn't oh my realize God. that
4: and their health care? Forget
1: it. Yes. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's where I was going. You know, most of them didn't even realize. I mean, a lot of people didn't realize that Obamacare is the ACA.
0: It was. It's a scary thought that people are so naive to that. (laughs) I'm I'm almost smacking like head smacking myself into unconsciousness (laughs) over here. All right. You you like how we don't talk about politics? We are all political animals. (laughs) Let me shift gears here. I had a problem. Um, Actually, it's been an ongoing problem that's just kind of filtered itself out over the last few months. And I wonder if you have this problem or even care or have a concern of this problem, Buick. When I was – when our flagship show was Ignorance Equation and I was known as he's a political guy and I go places. Hey, political Nick, tell us what you think politically. Um, And we were also doing musical osmosis and kettle of fish and other things. And when we launched the network, it was seen like as a political network, even though we only had the one political show and we had other podcasters and stuff. And I actually had people telling me, oh, you're having Jamie Farr on your show. That sucks because and this is before things got real bad when they were still my friends, which those those relationships that Odell can tell you have all disintegrated. But they (laughs) would actually say, oh, you're having dead milkmen on. I love them but I can't listen to your show because I hate your politics so much. I can't support anything you do or you're having wow. Jamie far on. and I, I love him, but I can't listen to it because I won't, I won't push play. I won't give you that download because I, your politics, like I hate them so much and I'm listening to your solo stuff. I'm listening to your family album and I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, this is a really fucking powerful and beautiful album. And I'm just yeah. picturing like this, bigoted redneck listening to it and being like, I like this girl. She's awesome. And then, like, Googling you and being like, oh, then, she's a tart, snowflake. Oh my girl. goodness. And, like, just his fucking head exploding. Do you worry about the activism component, like, kind of turning away? Because I, I straight up now on my new political show, I tell people, like I have an intro that's like, warning, if you're a bigot or a racist or a conspiracy theorist or a fascist, I don't want you to fucking listen to my show. Like I used to be like, I want any fan. Now I'm like, no, no. If you're one of these like totally far right Trump guys, if you're like a bigot, if you're an extremist, I don't want you. I wish I had a button to block you. I don't want you to listen to my show. Yeah. Like, how do you feel about if you turn away fans because of your (laughs) politics? Is that something even occurred to you? By your laughing, I'm thinking it's not anything.
4: (laughs) Only someone as manic
0: as me cares about this
4: shit. I love your passion. Um, you know, I don't know that it's come up into my face. You know, I think, uh, I think that, um, you know, if anybody listens to a Family Album and pictures me, like I don't know what they picture me doing if they listen to that record and they don't know who I am. A Maybe. nice
0: wholesome am I, am, Yeah, am, I,
4: hang, house am I hanging linens out on the line in a sundress and I'm, you know, I just play mandolin by the, the wood burning stove or whatever? I don't know what they think I'm doing, but and those things are fine. But um, you know, if those people are listening to my record and want to pigeonhole me and then hear Friendship Commanders and are terrified. I think you should be terrified. I think that's all right that I go ahead and be terrified because, um, it's all true. You know, I do have a side Mm -hmm. of myself. You know, family album was made with 23 members of my family of choice and family of origin. And I made it all over the country in homes. I, I trekked my stuff all over the place and recorded people in in the house I grew up in and my brother's house and other places. And, and so that record was sort of a, a journey of, um, former self anyway and, and telling a truth that was kind of vintage in the first place and it's a beautiful record and I love that record and I'm really I'm glad that you're bringing it up because I don't often have an opportunity to talk about it but um, I'm really proud of that record I I will never do it again it was so much work to wrangle everybody <laughs> Yeah, I can, imagine. I can imagine that there's nothing that. like working with family that, to make you not want to do it again you know what I mean but yeah. Um,
3: yeah.
4: but you know the the truth is is that I am a very very Strong-headed person, and and at the end of the day, I'm for all human rights. So if you're not for human rights and you want to listen to my record and pretend I'm not for human rights, um, that's your right to do that. You're allowed mm-hmm. to listen to that music and and build whatever narrative. I mean, the great thing about art is that it belongs to the the beholder. The you know, so like, if people want to cut and paste their own narrative into that album, that's fine. That's great. Go ahead, but if they want to talk to me about whether or not I think that, you know, trans youth should be able to use the bathroom of their gender identity, I'm going to tell them straight ahead, yes, they should be able to. And that's what I believe Mm -hmm. in. And that I support trans youth and I support, you know, everybody in my state and my nation who are marginalized people who are fighting for their rights. So, you know, don't get it twisted. Just because I made a lovely song with my brother doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not here to say that everybody's rights deserve to be, fought for so i guess i'm with you and I'm, I'm, i have never had to say like you know to check it at the door but it's well, there i had
0: to put a disclaimer up because things got so <laughs> bad with the show like people were trolling my personal page and blowing all my threads up and i and i finally got to a point where i had a like unfriend everybody that was doing that shit and odell can tell you for years i tried to bring everybody sure. to the table and sure. like okay oh yeah 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 like, your opinions a little bit out there and you believe some crazy shit and you're a little bit hateful and you're a little bit bigoted. But if I sit down and talk to you long enough and I mean, they're extremists, man, like you're never going to checkmate somebody who's just going to flip over the fucking checkboard, chessboard. Like every time you start winning, like it's just never going to happen. And I, that was probably the hardest reality I've ever had to face in my adult life. It really fucked me up. I had to go off the grid for three weeks not watch politics, deactivate my Facebook, and detox from all the hate I got for three years. A lot from yeah. close friends. You know what I'm saying? And oh
1: well, yeah, I mean, it you was, saw the outrage. You saw the outrage when I mean, or not the rage, not the outrage, the rage. There wasn't a celebratory uh, feeling when uh, Trump won. Even the even his supporters. It wasn't like you know when like President Obama won. It was like this the the joy it, you could feel like the positivity i mean, the next day it was just like wow this is you know unbelievable but when trump won it was like this, it was even more anger it was, it was like, like the you know he, every racist pay. word Actually. comes out everything yeah. it was almost like we can take this veil of hiding what who we really are off and we can be who we are now Ha ha! here we are and it's like whoa okay well sorry but you know <laughs> that's not yeah. how i roll but it, it, yeah it was it was it's it's downright scary, to be honest with you. You know, I, I there was um I forgot the gentleman's name, who said it uh, best. He was like, "Look, if you're a racist, if I know you're a racist, I have more respect for you. If I know you're straight up a racist, sexist bigot, whatever, if you come out and tell me up front that's who you are, I more power to you. But it's the ones that have that veil, that have that that hide that, yeah. yeah, that pretend that they're not. Those are the ones that you got to be worried about." And he hit it right on the head. I never thought of it that way. But I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's In
4: a general, I'm not a huge fan of pretend. I mean, I think we would all benefit from just being a little bit more transparent in this life and in all acts of our lives. You know, I'm not yeah. a huge fan of, of presenting yeah. Facebook something or so.
0: So we don't do that because everybody has their little Facebook identities. I think it's garbage.
4: I think it's self-curation.
0: Yeah. And uh,
4: and I and I think that it's creating a culture of narcissism, and I'm not saying I'm exempt from it, but I do, I will say that I have it in check on a regular basis, and it's something that, I'll admit to you right here, one of the reasons that I'm sitting this week out from my activism, you know, in addition to having you ask me if I was an activist or a musician first, um, is the fact that I was getting really visible, and I had, like, been on the news a bunch of times, and I, you know, I was just starting to be, louder than the voices that i was listening to and it's important for me to not be narcissistic in this movement it's important for me to be one voice of many and to listen as much as i speak, wow. maybe more and and so you know sitting down and shutting my own mouth and listening to the voices around me is is what i'm doing this week and it's like that's something that i have to check myself for though because the validation and the temptation to to seek approval you know, in doing good things. It's within all of us. And I think that social media really ramps yeah. that up and we have to, we have to check it. I have to check it and That's be like, smart. okay, yep. you've been visible. Sit down, let somebody else speak. Thank you. You did your part. You know, and
0: you also don't want to become a character of yourself nope. too. And you know, Adele, one of the big things that the reasons i shut down um, ignorance equation is when I went to Marianna's wedding, like people were walking up to me and they're like, Hey Nick, people I haven't seen in years. So Politics, politics, politics. And I, and I even told somebody. I said, look, man, I'm off the clock. You know, I don't yeah. want to talk politics. I'm at a wedding. And it's like, but, but you're the political guy. And I was like, man, I'm becoming a fucking cartoon character. Like, it's cool that people know that I'm passionate about these things, but I don't want to be like a walking advertisement for some kind of political movement. I still want people to see me as Nick first. I don't want people to see me as like this political guy first, and then I'll get to know who you really are after that veneer. And that really kind of pushed me away from diving in for three years. I was like full steam politics. And I don't think you could do it for that long without something breaking. So you're smart. You know,
4: it's really admirable what you were attempting to do. I just want to jump in and say that, you know, that that's like a, a dream of mine is to be able to get some situation together where we can actually have dialogue with both sides. And I actually think about this a lot. I talk about it with friends and with my partner a lot about how what is the format in which, you know, we can actually have constructive conversation and and I to this day I don't know the answer to that, you know, with people whose views are so, you know, at the at the opposite pole from ours, but I really admire you for giving it a okay. shot and I and I don't blame you for, you know, going off the grid because I've gone off the grid for less. And don't
0: feel bad because I don't know the answer either. And I tried for three (laughs) years straight. So, you know, the answer has eluded me. Hey, you know, what we should talk about friendship commanders because I want to play a song from you guys. (laughs) Um, Here's something I was wondering. I'm looking through all the songs you have and you have your yearly Halloween track that you put out and you've got EPs. And I come across Dave and I'm like, man, they've got a pretty long history. Why did it take so Mm -hmm. long? It's going to be hard to shift out of. Politics into this music thing, but why did it take so long to put out a full-length album? Did you not have the material, were you going for a certain concept that just didn't? What come a great together? question!
4: Yeah, um what a great question. Because we were wait- we were waiting to be awesome, you know. I think in our minds we had like a standard <laughs> for ourselves, and I, you know, and we weren't awesome in the beginning. You know, we were just trying to figure it out and um and and figure out what the sound was and what the dynamic was. So originally we had this vision of the band that it would be a three piece. Um, Mm -hmm. There was just going to be one of these standard guitar based drums kind of arrangements. I love trios. Dinosaur Juniors, one of my favorite bands. You know, I I, I think it's such a great format. And um, but the music was always made and recorded by Jerry and myself, you know, on drums and guitar. And then, and then we would have these people come in and just sort of play fill in. And we did that live for about a year and a half. And it just was like the most, unnatural kind of energy sapping if you have a third person on stage that is the right person and the chemistry is there it can you know lift up your music so much and give so much to it but if you mm-hmm. have someone that isn't a member of the band and isn't creatively engaged or contributing on that level it can kind of take as much away and so we didn't we couldn't get a beat on what was happening and then we accidentally became a two piece because we didn't have a basis for a show and um from that point on, it became much more natural, and that's where we started to find the sound. The sound that exists today in our project was found on the EP Garfield, which was the third thing we put out, the third EP. Mm-hmm. So right. there that, that was only one, you know, short release. We that actually day. started and they, the they show
0: with Mordia from Garfield. Oh, I love that album. Cool. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, no. Thanks,
4: I'm really... Proud of that record.
1: Um, Jerry, Jerry's uh, phenomenal, by the way, on drums.
4: He's phenomenal. I, I, I don't, I don't know
1: how I many. I know you probably get it a lot, but that dude is silly on the drums.
4: <laughs> he is. He is. He's a he's a good weapon. So yeah. Um. So that's where we found the sound, and then Dave came out four months later, and I wrote Dave in like three weeks. It, we just we found the sound, and we were excited, and we wanted to. We were like, okay, here it is. Let's make the record. But didn't first you write songs... it and
0: then re scrap, like scrap it and yes. like, redo it or something? Yeah.
4: Yes. So before Garfield, when we hadn't found the sound, we had, we had written a record and we thought, this is the record. And you know, when you make stuff, you get really precious about it and you, you want to believe it's great. It's the best you're going to do. And we recorded it and then we sat on it for a few months and went back to listen to it to sequence the songs for mixing and mm-hmm. mastering. And, and we didn't like it. We didn't think it was strong. And, uh, we had already recorded. That takes a lot of team. guts,
0: though, right, Odell? To like list, put out, oh. like put together a whole album and go. It's just I, we could oh, probably yeah. put it out, but no, it's not up to our standards. I applaud that. Let me move on to one more point because I want to play um, "Animals of Pride" off of Dave. So sure. I've listened to all your various projects, and especially against the solo stuff. And the solo mm-hmm. stuff is such a different temperature then of course friendship commanders do you feel more vulnerable like when you creatively perform stuff like that when you creatively perform your solo stuff do you feel more open and vulnerable or are you vulnerable on all your music and these are just different dimensions of buick audra what or do you question. feel more exposed with the solo stuff
4: um well to be totally honest i haven't performed solo in a long time i i did perform at one prison reform conference about two years ago and that was the last time, but um, I haven't done it in a few years and, but I'm really vulnerable in all of my projects. In fact, I have terrible speech, right? It's um, still in the band in friendship commanders. I, it helps that I wear this suit that I wear every night on stage. It sort of gets me into my fight shape, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm very vulnerable and I think lyrically, even though the music is more aggressive in friendship commanders, if you're going to play Animals of Pride, I will tell you right out that that song was written at the end of a very painful friendship collapse, And I was I was on the road when I wrote that wow. song. That's, that's oh, a, and wow. I, and I think I sobbed the first three or four times we ever played it at rehearsal. Like sobbed right through the song.
0: Do you so, think that when you're in the writing process? Because I think this about when I used to write when I was in bands. I mean, it is cathartic in a way that you're not going to get that same kind of working things out even with a paid psychologist, right? There is a catharsis behind writing music and expressing yourself.
4: Oh, yeah. And the great thing about it is that if you nail it, if you actually say what you meant to say, which only happens like one out of every five songs for me that I write, um, if you really nail it, it then lives in that little song forever. Like it doesn't have to live in your body anymore. So animals of pride, you know, the grief, That I had at the end of this friendship failing, it lives in that song. And when I play it, I can still access it, but I don't walk around with that grief every day. So it saves me from having to carry everything. Wow.
0: All right. Uh, On that note, Dee, are you back there? Can you play some Animal of Pride? Animal (laughs) of Pride. All righty. So if I sounded lost there for a second, it's because I was processing what you were telling me as we were putting the song (laughs) on. And it's funny. And this is a beautiful thing about music. That song now feels different to me. I had that story replaying in my head. And then it was like, okay, now that I've got this backdrop, that song actually felt different to me now.
4: Wow. Wow, And that's the beautiful thing
0: of music, right? (laughs) Like another great duo is White Mystery, who we love, Alex. And it's her and her brother. And like I was telling her a couple months ago, when I was down at the beach over the summer, I had a compilation playing a bunch of music I had mixed up. And her song came on. And as I was driving down the beach and looking at all the people, White Mystery was playing. And I was like, man, dude, this is like the soundtrack for this moment. Like this song matches what I'm experiencing driving down the boardwalk, like on the side street where the boardwalk is. Like, this matches so perfectly. It's almost like I'm in a fucking music video. <laughs> like, it's so perfect. And it's funny how music can transcend all that. And it's powerful how, and you know, you guys are a politically aware, culturally aware band, but you're not yeah. coming across to me the same way, like, against all authority or anti flags coming across. Like, well, they that's are. Right.
4: And, and we're not all that. Yeah. No, right. we're, we're definitely different from that for sure.
0: Yeah, and it's funny how you have all these different emotions, and it can really, you connect with people, and it really paints a visual picture. At least it does to me. Maybe I'm reading too deeply into everything.
4: No, thank you. Thank you for listening, and thank you for listening that deeply.
0: I mean, that's what it does for me, and um, Odell, I mean, I think you would agree, because you're very music-minded. I mean, music really does transcend, doesn't it?
1: Oh, it does. It definitely, um, I, I I can't remember the band right now off the top of my head, but. They, uh, they do a particular song and it's the date. And, um, and I went to a band practice the other night and I, had, like, we usually send music that we like to each other or whatnot. And, um, and so, uh, I sent this particular song over and one of the guys in the band, he happened to look up the date and because somebody on YouTube had posted some information about it. And it was about, uh, uh, this incident that happened in Mexico where, um, a bus driver or a, a particular bus route was being used and um, the drivers were basically assaulting um, the young ladies that were on the bus. So they would take them to a certain area, assault them and then drop them. Oh, well, wow. yeah. Well, what happened was um, there was this woman who basically disguised herself and would go around to the particular bus stops and get on there. And she would end up, Basically avenging the deaths of these women by decapitating the bus drivers that were involved, and the whole song it's a it's uh it's called Diana the Hunter, and uh well that's the name of the lady her her name was Diana the Hunter, and um sounds and the whole like an old
0: talking song or a warrant or something. Oh no no
1: no it's made by it's made by like a punk band um like an emo punk band uh just like a year or so ago, and Man. it's a phenomenal song it's like it's like a six seven minute song but. When I would listen to it initially, I'm like, man, this song kicks. This is a great song. And then when I heard the meaning of it, I'm like, whoa, it it even adds another layer to it. Yeah. yeah. It's
0: pretty I am
4: looking that song <laughs> up. For sure. Yeah.
0: We are changing hearts I, and mind on this episode, aren't we? Odell? <laughs> Beautiful. But yeah, I, it's a normal song. <laughs> um, we only got a couple of minutes left. I have to talk to you. And of course I didn't get to one third of the stuff I wanted to get to you about. Luckily, you're going to be on the 26th, and we can mix it up political. I am. But, um, yeah. yeah, and that's going to be an interesting conversation. But let me dig into this compilation, Resolution of Happiness. Um, I love the message behind it. On your way out Thank the you. door, tell everybody a little bit about it. Also, tell everybody where they can find you and where they can follow Um, Trimming the Shield records, Friendship Commanders, all things Buick Aubrey or opera. <laughs> I, I told you, D. I told uh, you I was yeah. going to say <laughs> – I told you I was miss my
4: name that. is a lot. It's okay.
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> it's my mother's fault. It's actually my name. Um yeah, so Resolution of Happiness is a compilation that I conceived of a couple months ago and um opened the submission call up on my birthday, February twenty third. So I believe that happiness is the best revenge, and I also believe that happiness is a human right. And I think that in all of this resistance sometimes we put our own happiness and our own pursuit of joy and wellness aside because we're carrying the weight of all of this other stuff that's going on. And I think that it's important to to recalibrate and balance it out. So I want to do, I am doing a compilation called Resolution of Happiness, a Radical Resistance Compilation. And submissions are open for original music. And it can be instrumental, it can be punk rock, it can be solo, it can be acoustic, whatever, 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 resolution of happiness and the pursuit of joy and wellness means to any individual. And it can be protest music. It just can't be hateful. Um, no, uh-huh. no hate on this comp. So, um, you know, please send your stuff in. You can go to trimming the shield.com and there's a post about that and about the June bug seven inch. I mean, everything that I've ever released in my life is at that site. So it can all be accessed there. Um, Yeah,
0: and I might have to send one of my songs over to you.
4: Please participate. Yeah, I mean, I think that the more voices we have, the better. And I would love to have people from far and wide. So I'm a big believer in positive mental attitude. And I think that we're due to generate some right now.
0: (laughs) I could not agree more. And I love the phrase, (laughs) happiness is the best revenge. And I got to tell you. Um, We're kind of in a cultural war right now. And just like with any war, I mean, it really shows people's mettle, right? I mean, you're seeing the people who are, yeah, now here's an excuse for me to just show, like, totally be indecent and just totally be a prick, for lack of a better word, because now political correctness is dead. And then you see the people who are rising up and are like, no, no, this is unacceptable. This will not stand. And this is really this is like going into a hotel with a blue light. Like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it is really exposing (laughs) who we are. And it's scary to see some of my friends are like, holy shit, I didn't know you were like racist like that. And it's also funny to see some people who have been pretty quiet throughout the years stand up and go, you know, we had a comedian on a few weeks ago and she's like, I've never done political humor in my life. I always felt like someone else was driving and I was just a passenger. And now I have to get involved. So it really yeah. sh- like has shown us all who we are. So in that aspect, I think it's a good thing. Sad in some ways, but also good.
4: No extreme measures mm-hmm. bring definitely. us together, and and history shows us that that's you know that's, that's the pattern in our nation's history. So if it takes this to unify on some level, it's okay. We'll see it through. We will. I, but I, def- I definitely welcome positivity and submissions to the comp. Send it in by April twenty third. That's the deadline.
0: All righty. I'm going to get something to you. It's kind of hokey right. punk rock from 15 years ago. I don't know how much of it's usable, but I'll, I'll try to find a good song and um, send it on over. All right. We are Thank actually you. going to play something off your family album. We are going to end this episode with true story because it is my favorite wow. song off that album. Cool. And I want to thank you so much for skipping the protest. Yes, thank you. And <laughs> thank showing you for up me. here. Yeah. This was incredible. And I will talk to you on the twenty sixth. Adele D, let me stop flapping my gums. I feel like I've been going a hundred miles an hour this episode. <laughs> Any parting words, Adele D? Oh <laughs> No, just just keep doing what you're doing. Love the music. Love
1: what, what the causes that you're fighting for. Um thank you. it's amazing that you could be anywhere in this big country big world and and still you know like you said people tend to unify in situations like this which is really which is definitely a a, a big silver lining in, in a dark cloud right now so
0: that's right Hold yeah, on i to guess it. there's a yin and yang to everything all right guys thanks so much for tuning in we will be back we're going to take a little break and be back next month with reformed whores yes. but we'll be back sunday uh with buick dixon white and george sunday Yes. Next Sunday to Can't 26.
2: Wait. Yes, because this nice Saturday night, all. if anybody is in within 100 miles of La Follette, Tennessee, you should come down to the Ball Farm Event Center. It's 10 bucks for the Bluegrass Breakdown. It's going to be super awesome. It's all for charity, and it's fabulous and wonderful. How many
0: people out there are like, but I thought you guys said you lived on Meth Mountain? Yeah. <laughs> that's, what? That's La <laughs> what a scam. Fake news. I know, Fake right? Fake news. All right, all right, hit it, Dee. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Have a good night. Bye.
5: I'm in for clap on juice. My mother's on my head, dance is Oh I can you We hope you're ready for the pain.